Got it. Hey, ah. Big dog. Happening, daddy. Mate, just got out of the cold plunge, did some push-ups, had a shower. I am ready to rock. Life's good. What um, what cold plunge you got? You got like a little, um, like a blow-up one or what, what are you running? I'm using the pool at the moment because it's cold yeah. as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely, mate. What um is there a temperature in that? Would that be like six degrees or something? It's about five at the moment, yeah. Yeah, mate. Um, just enough, you know, because the ambient temperatures, it's not cold, but it's not hot either. So getting in that yeah. thing is pretty cold. It um it's really interesting to me that uh so like I'll have a it's been going on for a little bit over a year now, where it's just like I've I've had a cold shower every morning for over a year. And what it like if you start doing that through and it's a little bit of perception right but it's like if you start doing that in summertime it's almost like refreshing it's not really that bad and if you keep doing it into winter like you can bear it because like the marker is like small because you're used to it mm-hmm. but like i have a cold shower i actually put a shower i put a shower in my backyard um so i got a plumber to come it cost me about fucking two green but i'm like i have it now i'll go for a run or a row or do something in the morning and then I'll go and shower under the stars. Like, and mm. it's like in the day, it's fucking magical, bro. Like, I'm mm. not sure what, what it is, um, but I know that there's some connection there. Like, I'm naked in nature in cold water. Like, after, after like doing something difficult, undesirable um, in the cold, like, it's the fucking ultimate recipe. Um, and, but it's cold. So, I pump water from a tank. Um, I pump water from a tank in my backyard. So the water's in a, in a tank. It's fucking freezing. It hurts my teeth. Like it gets that cold. <laughs> like it, my fucking teeth ache. Um, but again, <laughs> after it, it's like the feeling, um, the feeling of alertness after that, like your centers are on fire. I think it is a little bit similar to, um, to exercise in the way, or even like repetitive exercise. Like for example, like, when you were doing your run and you're getting up every day and doing 50, your body's going, Hey, what the fuck is going on? Like, you know, that, you know, after 80 days or 90 days, hundred days, it's going to be over, but your body doesn't, your body's going, Hey, what the fuck? Like I'm survival, survival, survival. And I think that's what happens with the cold as well. It's like, you know, that you're there for two minutes or you're there for 60 seconds, but your body's like, Hey, trauma, 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 trauma. I don't know when it's going to stop. Um, yeah. but that, that feeling is pretty magical it's magical when you get out too like it's it's so, horrible getting in because it is so yeah. cold man but yeah as soon as you get out i go from that push-ups and then my kids have like a little trampoline and i jump yeah. on that for about 60 seconds and do some breath of fire as i'm doing it yeah. and i just move the energy in my body and once i do that i'm just like yes i feel yeah. unstoppable you know yeah yeah so good and i think a little bit of it is um and it's something that we wanted to talk about today too. It's like being like the gratitude and being grateful to be able to do that. But it's like, I think that there is a, there's a big mental switch. It's like, um, like I have to do it or I need to do it to I'm able to do it, you know, mm-hmm. like, because it's like someone for us, like even being able to jump on a trampoline, it's like, um, it's huge, right? Like a lot of people don't, are never able to do that um through disability or through you know they're being born with some sort of challenge it's like they would pray and hope and wish that one day they could fucking bounce once on a trampoline um and then uh, and it's a little bit hard it's i don't know maybe this is maybe this isn't me being empathetic towards a person but like you know when you see someone like in a in a mobile in a mobile scooter and you know and and it's because they're fucking eating themselves there. It's not yeah. because they're disabled. It's like there's someone somewhere that had an accident that ended up as a disabled person. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've got these people that are fully able that fucking that, that eat themselves into disability. It's crazy, man. Crazy. People, they get like, lift, when you hear about it on those shows, like people getting lifted out of their house just to get to a fucking hospital, yeah. you know, like, they yeah. have, and it's not to say, you know, they have a sickness. Their addiction yes. to food is a sickness. And yeah. for the most part, this is where, you know, most 
most of my day is so intentional because I am so grateful for the ability to do what I do and, and be able to make a decision. Like we have the ability to make a decision. We have the responsibility of making a decision for ourselves and we choose the road that's not conducive to our overall health and well-being, or we choose the latter, which is the opposite to that. And sometimes it's not an easy decision to make. Like it's yeah. it's amazing to sit down and have a burger. Like it is. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. But yeah. I know for the next week, if I have a burger, I'm going to be congested. I'm going to feel lethargic. Like, yeah. And then everything else that I want to do that I love is impacted by this one decision. And so it's a tough thing to do, but in, in terms of living intentional, this is that gratitude practice, like waking up and, and being present with all the things, even if I'm feeling resistance inside of my body, it's like, be there, be in the moment because you will come out of this. You'll come yeah. out. Yeah. And I think too, it's like the burgers are a cool example because um, like we, we all know that burgers are amazing, but if you have a burger 365 days in a row, that's not that amazing after that right so it's like the burgers only amazing in comparison to eating clean for six days of the week or you know mm-hmm. so, so it's like uh, it's the it's the opposite because if you if you have too much of that um then then yeah you you take away like the pleasure in it and it's a little bit like i know when i was doing my run right i was like i found myself on like day 30 day 50 around there i was like I'm getting so much out of this. Um, I don't know when I'm when I'm going to stop. I don't think I stop, um, but I will stop if I if I stop if it stops um, serving me. That was like that was my indication of when it, when I needed to stop. And um, what I found was like whilst it was a really positive thing and I was getting so much out of it, toward after like towards the 170, 170 day mark, it was. I wasn't getting anything out of it. Like I was taking more because it was like, it was starting to be a little bit driven around the, the number, like the 21, like the half marathon, mm. the half marathon. And it wasn't so much about me spending two hours with myself every day. It was just about mm. having to get up. And I was, I sort of identified that. I was like, wow, like my ego has gotten in the road of this and I'm doing this because I want to do a half a marathon, not because I want to spend two hours with myself um, and, you know, get all these positive things that I was getting out of it after day 30. Um, so it wasn't, it was that run become my burger in a lot of mm. ways because it was starting to take away from me. It wasn't serving me. Um, mm. And I needed to detach myself from that. And again, it's a positive, like it's a positive action, but it had, it started to have a negative outcome. Yeah. Yeah, man. I felt that on my run too. Like, you know, day 30, 40, I was in a lot of pain and I was like, this is fucking horrible. And the whole way through it, like the whole, the whole mission was centered around awareness of mental health and suicide for the veteran community. Right. And so every day I got up, I reminded myself, um, I reminded myself of the families that have lost, lost their sons and daughters in, in battle or in at war or even the war at home. And they've, you know, their children have taken their lives. And, and so that was a good reminder for me to be present and satiate the mission itself, you know, like, and, and every day that I took that run, no matter how it felt, I was present that, you know, I, I could be, I am doing this and I have the ability to do this and I'm doing it for a good reason. And it was taking out of me, but at the same time, it was filling me up as well. Cause the yeah. closer I got to the East coast, the more I felt connected to the overall purpose and each day that it got harder, I welcomed it more and more and more. And it allowed me to get over that, that hump. And it's a level of resilience that you can only get to through doing, doing the thing, whatever it is that you're yeah, doing. Yeah. It's a level of resilience that you can only transmute by doing the thing. And so by the time I reached Byron, you know, I did that 24 hour and I was like, what's next? What can I do that's next? And then I had to check my ego and be like, hang on, are you chasing something for the exhilarating feeling of what you just did and the accolades? Or I was like, no, I'm, I'm doing it because there's, there's a message in here for everybody. And it could be 50 people, it could be two people. Either yeah. way, it's, it's a success to be able to get that message out. For me, it's a success to get that message out and inspire yeah. somebody to make that change, right? Yeah. It's, it's a big, powerful movement. And you, we could do this through running. We could do it through rowing, anything, yeah. you know, yeah. just the way we connect with each other. And this whole, this whole topic on gratitude, you know, I, I 
coach men and I've, I've coached thousands of people across the globe over the last 10 years in mindfulness, uh, learning how to regulate our nervous system, how to heal trauma. And gratitude's the first piece. It's like this finding purpose in yourself and in your life and then being grateful for wherever you are at. And of late, at that time. having yeah, at that time. And, right? and identifying that you are where you are because of a very important reason. And that's because, like for whatever, like you are exactly where the fuck you are for good or bad because of the decisions you've made. And that's where the universe wants you. That's, and that's what I was just about to lead into this. There's a, you know, this talk of trauma, it's getting, it's growing every day, right? Like everybody's talking about it, childhood wounds, healing the things, psychedelics. And it is amazing, but I do feel as human beings, um, we have this inherent nature of taking too much just like the burger having too much. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to go down the trauma hole. It's endless. It yeah. is endless. Or we could just be here in the moment, do whatever it is. It's healing us and be like, Hey, here I am. I'm here. I'm yeah. whole. I'm breathing. All of the low, the lower zones of Maslow tire needs are met. Cool. Yes. That was bad. Yes. That impacted me, but now I am who I am because of it. So yeah. Package that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the things that happened. I'm not that person anymore. I'm moving forward. Yeah. And you don't, because that's the thing, right? Like you don't identify, like you need to remove yourself from that identity. Like I'm not that person anymore. Like I've outgrown that. Um, so it's like, yeah, I'm, it happened. I was traumatized. I had that experience. I had that interaction. Um, but that's not who I am now, you know, and, and exactly. like see, identi identify it and move on. That's what I like. Um, it's really weird man because on the opposite of that as well right it's like um people can get caught in identities it's like if you're known as the guy that runs or you're the businessman or you're the runner or you're the vegan or the vegetarian it's like people label like i could be i could be a vegan for seven days okay and then i'm the vegan it's like well i haven't been a vegan for fucking 37 and a half years but like so it's like at some stage people like they adopt an identity or they remove an identity. so the cool thing if you can adopt an identity you can also remove an identity yeah and there's no time frames from that so i can eat meat for 37 years and then not eat meat for seven days and i'm a vegan yeah. i identify as a vegan so yeah the opposite's true we can we can do something we can have we can be mean and we can um, do a lot of negative things, but we can also remove ourselves from that identity and going forward, we can not be that person, um, which I think is super powerful. That's so interesting you say that because as you're saying, I was thinking, you know, I've witnessed people step into the space, into the healing space and just be fucking nasty people. Like they're just like, I can see that they're hurt. They're hurt yeah. people and they're holding a lot of anger and shame and resentment. And as a result, their day-to-day -day life is uh, low vibration. It's just like, I'm an angry person. I'm, I'm nasty, all the things. And they come out of the experience and they're fully changed. Like their whole biology, psychology has transformed. And we celebrate that, right? We celebrate that. But if you take somebody who was a carnivore and then all of a sudden they're a vegan and they're like, I'm a vegan now, everybody's quick to go, hang on a minute, you're not a vegan, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's no difference in the transformation. We've made this yeah. transformation, but yet we celebrate somebody who's come from negative to positive. And then just because there's another label attached, we're not celebrating the other thing. Yeah. You yeah. So when I caught up with um, Alex Tyson from, we were talking about him the other day from um, Bounce Space, yeah. he, was, he was a vegan for a long time, for years and years. And then, so more recently over the last three months he started to eat keto mm. it was like the opposite right so he's like gone from a vegan to like eating meats and fats and like a lot of these animal products and um he's i asked him that exact same question is like what you're talking about there because especially there's a lot of um pockets but like the vegan is like a big one right vegan vegetarian mm. like people really lean on that sword like that is who they are um and he said that it was really interesting because he lost a lot of, or he could feel that he was starting to lose a lot of friends and a lot of connections because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't them, you know? Mm. Um, 
but when you look at him as a person, uh, well, to be honest, when I saw him, when I first met him as a vegan, he was very, you could, t- very glowing, like a very amazing skin. His eyes were bright. But when I saw him again after it, um, when he started to eat meat, he was a bit bigger and stronger and like he looked, you know, more stable. Um, he, still had, he still had a glow about him, um, but he just, he, he just looked more. There was more mm-hmm. of it. Um, and he said that, you know, he'd, he'd felt incredible. He was really conscious about the meat that he was eating and, and he was eating just a lot of, a lot of beef mostly um, mm-hmm. and a lot of really high, uh, like grass-fed meat, so like a really good quality meat. But he said he felt incredible. Um, and well, I'm sure you can feel incredible. He's, he's inheriting the hunter archetype, you know, like yeah. we're stepping back into that primal evolution and inheriting the archetype to which we're directly correlated to, you know. So you, you see that transformation. And I, I, Phil, who does all the, the filming that you'd see, my good friend yeah. Phil, he's been a vegan Stop. for seven years, right? And yeah. Yeah. He, is a, he is a fit, healthy individual fit healthy as in like you can see him he is he's carrying a lot of stuff as well but at yeah. the same time like it works for him now it's not to say that he's not adopting the hunter archetype but in his way he is you know in 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 essence so there are people that thrive really well and it's just a matter of finding that thing and and, and identifying what works for you and being present in that but more often than not you see a vegan who who jumps ships and and you know, starts to eat uh, more off the land, more from what the earth's given us, including animal product. And it is very present. Like you'll see yeah. them fuller, you'll see them, you know, healthier, more energy. And that is because we are meant to eat those things. And, and that's not to bring up that conversation. Yeah, yeah. That is because we're, we're meant to eat all of these things. But psychologically, society is still like trying to keep you in that identity. Otherwise, like you say, he... Alex started to drift away from his tribe, quote unquote, because he was adopting these new eating habits. It's like, why aren't we celebrating the health and well-being of somebody much rather than the identities that are attached? Yeah, correct. A hundred percent, dude. And like he'd have, um, he he'd have big groups of people come out and like they garden on his on his property at um, uh, Umundi, and and like we said, like one of the things, like that's a part of like that's a really cool part of that culture and that tribe that we all get together and we grow vegetables and we harvest fruit off trees. Um, but it's, it's really cool that, um, that you can like, as carnivores, I don't, I don't have any ill will towards someone that doesn't want to eat meat, but it's weird that it's on the other, other side. Like, yeah. why can't we all just, and it's the cool, the story is cool with you because you're very close with your vegan friend and that's okay. Yeah. Even Matty Grills, like again, I don't yep. like Matty more or less because he doesn't eat meat. It's so silly. Um, yeah. yeah. Matty, Matty serves up coffee every day, sometimes with full cream milk. Like he's not, yeah. he's not a hater or anything. Like I love Matty for Matty, you know? Yeah. And his way of life that he chooses is his way. And I, I accept him and receive him fully for that. And yeah, I think that's where the power is because when we live off the land and we will, we will eventually be on the land together. Everybody, this will go this way. It's, it's important that everybody feels autonomous in the decision that they've chosen for their life, whether they yeah. choose to, to change or not, that's completely up to them. But overall, we, my, my intention in this life is for everybody to make a decision for them and be happy and healthy in whatever they're doing. And yeah. if you're not, if you're making decisions that aren't, I'm still going to love you. And I'm still going to let you know that you're making decisions that aren't healthy for you. Yeah. And it's not to say that I'm right and you're wrong. It's just like an accountability thing of being like, if we're tribe, I'm going to let you know that as a tribe, we need to be like this instead yeah. of like this. And then like this over here, you want to be part of the tribe. Like it's this health thing. And, um, uh that exactly what you just said then i have the same um thought process in business right like as a leader if i if I, i'm going to hold you accountable and i have a i have a really high expectation of what i think you can achieve and what i want you to do every day and you know sometimes i might pull you aside and say things that might hurt your feelings or that you don't totally agree with but um i have my my standards of you are so high that i'm going to hold you accountable to them you know, and I think too is like, as leaders, sometimes you can sort of um, 
oversee some errors or improvements or things that can get better because you don't want to upset someone. But I think it's the opposite. It's like, I want to be around people that, that really hold me accountable. Say, Hey dude, mm. just wanted to sort of flag something because you said this or you've done that, or maybe, maybe you acted out this way. And I just don't really think that that's going to you know help you improve or help you be better or contribute to our tribe. Um, mm. So I think like holding someone accountable, like to a really high standard, isn't you being a cunt. It's like, Hey, I expect that of you because I know that you can do that. Um, yeah, yeah. And if you, if you, you might not even know that you can do that yet. Right. Cause it's like, we have a lot of the times we can sort of look at ourselves as like a, a less of other people around us. So it's mm -hmm. like, Oh wow. Will is like here. And like, I feel like I'm not there yet, but from your eyes, you're like, Hey, like we're together or I might be in, in higher than you in some other areas. So it's like, I think that, that, the level of accountability that we can give our peers. Uh, well, it's one thing to give them. Secondly, it's to be able to receive them, right? Because one, yeah. you can communicate them with me, but if I'm, if my ego's in the road or I'm not in a position to be able to receive that growth, um, then I'm not going to fucking grow. Simple. Um, yeah. But it's like creating a culture that's like, hey, we're all, I want to create a culture that we all want to try to improve and grow. And in order to do that, you have to fucking call me out when I'm slacking off or not pulling my weight or contributing. And I'm going to do the same thing to you. Absolutely. How have you, how have you found that? Cause I know you and your brother are like business partners. Yeah. How have you found that yeah. growing with your brother? Yeah. So it's actually a really unique way. So um, we have the, my strengths are his weaknesses. My weaknesses are his strengths. So mm -hmm. we're like from the word go, uh, it's the fucking ultimate combination, right? What, what I find is that um, I, we don't really, I know when he's doing more than me mm -hmm. and he knows when I'm doing more than him. It's like an unwritten, like when, if, if say for example, he's bringing in more sales or he seems to be solving more problems and I'm not, I'm like, oh fuck, like, like there's nowhere to hide. Like I need to do more. Like I'm, I'm inspired um, to then push forward. Like I can identify mm -hmm. that because I'm conscious enough. So there's never really, there's no, a lot of our, a lot of the accountability towards each other is like me growing as like, Hey dude, I'm fucking here now. Like catch up. Like what, what's happening? Like couple, like jog it in until you reach us and let's continue to go again. Um, but where I find it is like teams outside of us. Like I think we have that interaction because we've basically been side by side for 36 years. Yeah. Um, but I think people outside of that. Um, and the other thing as well, like we, there's a level of energy between us, right? Like once we get going, it's like, it's like people want to be drawn to it. But yeah. what I've found as well, like even in the businesses that we've had over the last two years, there's been probably five or six people that come in with the same energy as us, with the same ambitions as us. And then they fucking jump out. They just can't hang. And it's like, that actually inspires me more because I'm like, oh, dude, you're going to get out the car now. I've, like, I'm, that's because this is the thing as well. Is someone even fucking, even a fucking glimpse of quitting or, or not like working towards my goals? I'm out. Like, I'll, I'll back you forever. But if you even fucking hesitate, I'm, you're gone. Like, yeah. you're gone. So it's like, if you want to get out of the car now, go. And that just fires me up even more because I'm like, hey, you're going to fucking read about this one day in about 20 years. And you're yeah. like, Hey, I used to fucking work with that guy. And that thing that he's talking about now that he sold for a billion dollars, I fucking helped him start it, mm. but I couldn't hang and I fucking quit. Mm. So it's like, that inspires me even more. And I think um, the, and for us trying to get out of that employee mindset, like from, I wake up at sort of quarter to four every morning. Like I might answer a few WhatsApps, a few emails. And then my last, like I go to bed at about 8.30. I'm still fucking on WhatsApp. I'm still sending email. Like some people don't, that doesn't align with a lot of people's values. I still mm -hmm. value my, my time to exercise, be mindful, spend time with my kids. But also I have a, a really large passion for business and mm -hmm. for what I can achieve as a person. And that involves sometimes working fucking all day. Um, and all night so the I think a lot of the dramas that I have from a leadership point of view or delegating tasks or holding people accountable is outside of my immediate network with my brother and the way that I manage this 
is from the day one. So if I engage with someone, I'll try to frame it in the way that I anticipate there be to be that to be a problem or some drama. Like it's gonna happen. This is like a honeymoon period right now. This is fun. This is exciting. You're left your job. You're gonna come and work with me, and it's gonna be fun. But it's like, hey, I anticipate that that there's gonna be a time where you do something that upsets me or you do something that I feel like you shouldn't do or that you could do better. And when that time comes, uh, I just want to let you know that I'm going to hold you to a really high standard because not because I'm trying to be a cunt, but because I think that that's what you can do as a person. I want to help you grow. Mm. And, and it's like, um, so when that time comes and we have to sit down, like I don't want you to sort of get all upset about it. I want you to sort of know that I'm coming from a, coming from a place of like love um, and a place that I want you to improve. And, and this is how I'll attack it. I'll talk about, you know, the things that I think you could do better, things that I think I could do better. Um, and you let me know if you think I'm wrong and we can work it out for them. But it's a, hey, for right now, let's fucking go to work and win. Um, but just to let you know that, you know, I anticipate that we have some sort of, you know, sit down later on and, and talk about how we can improve. Because there's always a honeymoon period, right? Yeah. The first three, four weeks, it's like, fuck yeah, like change the world. And then all of a sudden that email gets unresponded for two days. It's like, hey, dude, did you chase that lead up? Like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it soon. Like, oh, I've been busy with this. I'm like, well, fuck, no, that's not what we do, mate. That's, you know, we got to fucking action these things. And once, because um, once that complacency, it's a self-accountability. And mm -hmm. like I've been talking about it a little bit lately. It's like self-accountability is like the fucking ultimate superpower. Like if you can hold someone accountable or like, that's great. I can work for you, Will, and you can give me a list of things to do and I will do them. Okay. But if you go and fucking meditate in Peru jungle for a month and leave my tasks up to me and I don't do them, then you're going to be upset when you get back. Mm -hmm. um, and because I need to be held accountable to do the, like, it's really tricky to be accountable for the things that you know you need to do. And I think that's what sets like a good person out between a great person. Level yeah. of when you bring people into the fold, do you do you go through company culture first, or do you go through these are your areas of responsibilities? This is what I expect for you, or do you go through this? Yeah. Hey, this is the direction we're going. This is what we vibe on. This is who we are, and then go yeah. through the. Is that yeah, how you do it? I think I think my um, to be honest, I don't think I'm amazing at this. I think there's like a huge amount of improvement, but like I think I go sort of values. Um, values, vision, as who they are as a as a person or who they are as people. Um, and then, because I feel like, um, I feel like I want, I want to, I want to be, I want to be around them. I want to mm. have fun with them. Like I want to spend time with them. I don't want to have someone that's just like some sort of like super smart person that I'm not going to gel with or vibe with. I'd rather mm -hmm. just have someone that I can spend time with and be around. Um, and then I can, so values for me, it's like, I don't necessarily need everyone to align with my values. I just want us to all sort of work towards them. Um, because I remember like one of the values I worked in, I worked in a coal mine that was owned by Glencore. One of Glencore's core values was entrepreneurialism, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, the operations managers would stand up in front of us all and it was like, hey, these are our five core values. If at any time we don't align with these, fucking call us out. Like they would say stuff like that all the time, but that's the last thing that they meant. Because mm -hmm. it's like entrepreneurialism, to me, an entrepreneur is someone that can identify a problem, can solve a problem, can action a problem, can be wrong. Um, they can... Like, so it's like all these things, it's like an entrepreneur, you don't want entrepreneurs in your business. You want mm. fucking people that will just follow whatever the fuck you say because entrepreneurs challenge things, yeah. okay? Entrepreneurs will question things. You don't want your employees questioning the way that you're trying to operate your coal mine. That's the fucking last thing you want. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you certainly don't want someone to stand out in line and say, hey guys, a little bit like the military, right? It's like, hey guys, <clears throat> I don't think you're doing it correctly. They're like, we'll get the fuck back in line because that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's not, that's not one of the values. So to answer the question, I think it, it comes down to culture. Like I'm, um, they need to fit in with the culture of what we're trying to build. Um, yeah. The vision, I will help build the vision. Um, but yeah, I think the culture is the most important part, I feel. Yeah, I agree. And, and we do attract those types of people, um, you know, 
I've never run a business with multiple employees, but I've had partners where you attract a certain type of person because of the way that you are, your energy and what brings people in that's attracted to you as a person. And then when you start to learn about how each other works, it doesn't always fit. And so finding that balance, if you really jive with a person and you really want to build something with them, it's finding that balance whilst keeping the standards and expectations at the forefront and, and having yeah. values or, or core principles that the company or the business grows from, everybody's going to grow into a different value with that. Like our versions of discipline are different, but the same, right? Like we yeah. value discipline as part of who we are, but at the same time, we do it differently in different ways. Yeah. And yeah. I think overall, the, the opportunity for people to resonate with a value um, is important whilst also remaining completely open to that fact that things can change, things can look different as long as we are meeting the target yeah. and or standard that ex expected. I think that's the important thing that you just said, right? Um, in anticipation that things change because we yeah. can have like a vision of values and we find five people that 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 align with our vision and values. But if our if the business's values change or the business's vision changes, the other four people, you know we need to them to adapt and they're like hey i don't really want to fucking adapt like that it might be a vegan <laughs> we might have some sort of you know some health business um and it's like heavily vegan we have all vegan staff and then we're like you know what we've got all this new information now 10 years ago when we started that business we thought that the vegan lifestyle was the best for this and the best for that with all this new information we actually think that um a, a healthy diet consists of red meat as well so the the business is now going to start offering this product and it's a beef product the employees might go well hang on a fucking second i'm in a warehouse now packaging up fucking beef jerky that doesn't align with my values i'm out um mm. so i think too it's like yeah having people that that can share visions um but are willing and and willing and able to be able to change and adapt, adapt. with new information yeah well, that's yeah. part of the culture as well is this growing and learning. That's a fantastic example of the vegan and beef jerky. Like if we can educate our people and educate the spheres that we, we move in um, and, and not necessarily try to convince or coerce somebody into our way of, of being or thinking, but educate people in the fact that, okay, we were this thing. We have this new information. We are identifying that this new information is up to date. It's it's very aligned with our values and our mission. We're going to adopt this. Does everybody does everybody see the the points that we're getting at? And then you give people the opportunity to be able to make a decision on their own and be like, ah, yeah, okay, yep, I see where the beef thing's coming in now. That makes so much sense to me. I'm aligned with that. So yeah. education is such a vital piece as well with the growth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like when you're building teams, it's about um, being able to cl clearly communicate not only the tasks that they're responsible for, but for the visions of the business as well. And it's like, I hire probably about um, 160 people. Okay. And a lot of them, it's like, I don't get to see them every day. So like, I'll do things like, um, like I almost market. Well, I do like I market my thoughts and ideas to the team, like on an email. So I was like, how, how a business would like do outbound marketing. They might do retarget marketing with emails and stuff like that that they have. I do that with my team and I'll just like 98% of it has nothing to do with the business at all. It's just about like my thoughts, my feelings. Hey, I listen to this podcast. I had this idea yesterday. Like it just might be all random shit, but for them, it's like they get an insight of, um, who I am and if I have to make a tough decision or pull someone aside and say hey like I think we can improve on this they all they already know who I am and sort of where my values lie because they feel like they know me as a person and I think that it, and I'll talk about my kids like I'll talk about some of the challenges that I have with my with, as being a parent or or being a husband it's like hey like I had like just be really vulnerable and I think mm -hmm. that when you can do that to a team it makes you a real person um, mm -hmm. and because that's the thing is like it's really hard to be, it's actually impossible. I think it's impossible to be a cunt to someone when they're kind to you. It just yeah. doesn't really, it's like, yeah. it doesn't like, it's easy to be a cunt to someone if they're, if they're rude or they're, you know, they're being mean. like, it's very simple, but it's like, if you're a really vulnerable, really open um, and a, like person, then it, it's hard 
be mean to that. So it's the same thing goes. If I if I communicate to you, Will, to you, Will, to you, Will, and then you know who I am as a person, I'm always kind to you, I always open the door for you. And then I need to sit down and have a conversation around your performance or an opportunity for you to improve. You, uh, it's very rare that there's going to be any ill will towards that, right? There might yeah. be a little bit of a projection of like, hey, I've uncovered you know, something that you know deep down. But more often than not, you're like, you know what? Like, thanks so much for identifying this. I've had, and again, this is the other thing that I think a lot of employers do. It's like, they look at Will's performance and they're like, if Will's responsible to do ABC and he does AB and doesn't do C, it's like, well, fuck, Will's not pulling his weight. So I come on, Will, in the office, mate. I need you to do ABC. Now, we spoke about you doing ABC. It's like, it needs to fucking improve. It's like, well, for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's sit down. Like, is there anything like, what's happening to you? Like, are, are you happy? Is, uh, do you have all the tools to do the job? Have I communicated that, you know, C properly? Because I feel like maybe I haven't communicated C properly. You let me know. And it's like, the thing is as well, like when you have that opportunity to talk to that person, it'll likely uncover something that's got fuck all to do with your job. Yeah. Fuck all to do with the tasks. Yeah, and it's personal. like, you know what? Like I've got my uncle and my auntie or my wife or my son. It's something personal, you know, that they're dragging to work. Uh, yeah. And people like, there's a lot of business owners that have so much ego around their role of what they're trying to do. And they just assume that all their employees care as well. It's like yeah. your employees don't give a fuck about you or your product more often than not. They're there to make money, to buy things and support their family. Mm. So it's like, if they're bringing some of their bad energy or they're going through some challenges, they're likely going to bring them to work, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like up to us as leaders to be able to dig that out, identify it, process it and then help that person with whatever they need to so we can get the best out of them again as a leader i still want them to work and i still want them to work hard because i can get more clients i can make more money the more money i can make the more people i can put on and bring them into this environment um and yeah but it's up to us to dig them out it's not up to us just to hold that person accountable to do abc it's like, I need to do ABC, but I'm also here to help you do, work through whatever the fuck it is on the weekends. You remind me, have you ever read the book, um, Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Chenaud? No. no. Yvonne is a CEO founder of Patagonia, the brand. Right. Yeah, wow. Yeah. When he first started, they started as like this other company and then they turned into Black Diamond and then Black Diamond, him and his partner separated. He created Patagonia. His partner went Black Diamond and he, he like he's, Patagonia is enormous, right? It's like one of Huge. the most successful businesses in the world. Um, it's starting to pop now as well. Like it's starting to be really pop culture It is very much so. Yeah. yeah. And initially when he brought on his team, he had all these surfers, um, mountaineers that were his employees. And he just wanted his friends to work with, make amazing products and just hang out. And, and like they'd close shop and when the waves were good or they'd close shop when the conditions were good and just go. And then he noticed the more and more people that he put on um, that were experiencing uh, like their sales would go down or manufacturing would go down. And he was like, what the fuck is happening? And people were getting caught up with the, they were wanting to work with him and they had kids and their responsibilities with their kids were starting to take over. And so their work was suffering because they were responsible for making sure their kids were at school or at daycare, whatever it was. And so him and his wife, actually the headquarters in California they created a childcare center inside of Patagonia HQ wow. and, and yeah. he like created this full educational framework and em employed all these things. And so now all these employees were coming to the company and his sales skyrocketed, like all the manufacturing skyrocketed. They started to branch out different States and countries. And so it was just this one simple maneuver of sitting everybody down and going, what's going on. And everyone's like, yeah. come on, we, we, this is the best job I've ever had. I don't want to lose it, but I need care for my children. And so yeah. him and his wife were just like, easy done and yeah. then eventually they moved out of it because like the parents would be going down playing with their kids at lunchtime and then they yeah. come back and all the things but yeah it was such a simple maneuver by listening to the team and providing yeah. providing a chance for values culture and professionalism to all come into one conversation hear from everybody and then him as an entrepreneur to be like okay i see what's i see what's going on here yeah a fix. i think i think a little bit of um the like working from home is is a is a good similar example to that. Like I remember when I worked from with some people, you talk to some people that love working from home. And I was trying to understand like why there was like this big group of people that love working from home. And what I sort of like in my very small survey, 
um, I identified that everyone that enjoyed working from home were employees. Okay, mm. because they were away from their boss, they were away from the supervision. And let's be honest, in a normal work week from nine to five, people are fucking on for a good part of that, right? So yeah. if you can be at home and fucking on, it's better than being in, being at work and trying to look like you're doing something, right? You can just mm -hmm. do, you know, three hours of work in a window and go do whatever. So it's like, for me as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I hated working from home because my wife could not identify if it was Courtney <laughs> dad, Courtney husband or Courtney business owner. My kids, my kids are like, is this like, like, and it, like, it doesn't matter. It's like, I could be on a zoom call on a phone call. And my wife is like, Hey, dog, can you just quickly just hang them clothes out? The fucking laundry just finished. I'm just going to fucking make some lunch or do whatever. I'm like, well, kind of, I'm at work right now. It's fucking 10 o'clock. And now, now I'm a cunt because I won't help. It's like, well, yeah. you fucking not help. It's like, I'm at work. I'm, I'm at work. <laughs> but you know, so, but when, when I left that environment, Every, my my business fucking skyrocketed my like everything because it's like I took I needed to be as as good as it is to be around them guys. If I'm at work, I need to focus on work and building yeah. this thing, and I can't do that when I, when I have fucking crying kids and my wife needs me to hang laundry out. And it like it sounds bad, but it is what it is. Like in order for me to provide all the things that you want and I, and I want to provide, I need to go and fucking build this thing. Um, yeah. so it might mean that that kid cries and you have to fucking look after them after they do the washing or vice versa. I'm not saying that like, you know, that's her role, but, um, when I, when I left that environment and got an office, fucking everything improved it because it's like, when I'm going here, I walk into this office, like, this is like time to work. I'm in focus. Yeah. And then I leave here and now I'll go home and like, now it's home time. They know that I'm home. They know that I'm again, I still might need to answer some calls. I still might need to reply to an email. Like it's not, there's a fine line and I need to get better at that. Right. Like I'm not amazing at that. Um, but yeah, it's the, the distinction, um, between home and like work and not work is, uh, that, that the working from home, it's like the employees are the ones cause they get the fuck on and hide. And I don't think it's actually healthy long-term for these guys to be hidden at home because they're, they're doing, especially in these big companies where there might be 500, a thousand employees, and you know they sit in their home all day and they don't interact with anyone like they might interact yeah. with their partners like that's there's like a lagging kpi that's not fucking healthy at all um yeah. because they're missing out on conversations they're missing out on even just the commute like being able to think of random things on your way to work or you see your cop like there's so there's so much like i don't know if you've ever been to a game of test cricket like Never. They, if you watch it on TV, it's like the most fucking boring thing ever. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> I've, I got tickets to a, to, for Christmas to go to an Australian test match one day. It was one of the most entertaining days I'd ever had because there was so much shit off the ball. It had nothing to do with the cricket. It was all this fun entertainment stuff that was happening in the crowd, you know, and you'd see this field to do something random that wasn't on TV. So it's like, that's the way that I look at it as well. Like um, a job is great. Um, because it provides an income and, and you know you get to do it uh, um, you get to build something but it's all the stuff that happens off the ball it's uh -huh. all the stuff that you talk to the uber driver the taxi driver you talk to the lady at the cafe you know you you talk to the person that sits at the desk next to you like that's all the, the that's all the most valuable things it's that interaction i think that gets yeah. overlooked yeah that's i'm in that transitional stage now we're about to move but um are you moving to that place you put up last year in your stories yeah, did you sign a lease? Did you sign a lease for somewhere? You and Scotty? Oh no, no, I'm me personally. Oh yeah, we're, that, where you we're moving. We're moving house. We're no, okay. so where Groove HQ is going to be on the Gold Coast. Yes, definitely. Did you put that up? Did you put like a picture of that up? Have yeah. you signed a lease there, dude? That looks fucking incredible, bro. <laughs> it's a good place. It's I'll come a good up place. when you move in. I'll come up when you move in. So Groove HQ will be up here on the Gold Coast for sure. Um, but in like my individual brand, um, I'm going to find a location. I like the new yeah. place we're moving to down south has a has an extra room for me to be able to consult and do yeah. stuff. But that exactly what you just said, I've been struggling with for the last year and a bit is creating yeah. that separation. And 
I know as soon as I find that place, everything will just it'll skyrocket for sure. But it's just finding Absolutely. that transition and having a place. And we're moving um, 15 minutes south of Byron, so I'm going to look around the Byron area, which would be quite conducive for me as a practitioner because of the environment yeah. and the community. Um, yeah. But yeah, really creating that separation. And even with Groove HQ, like I know once we're in that HQ and we're producing and we've got all the artists in there producing, we're doing the AI stuff in there like it's going to be another world again and separate yeah. again and i'm looking forward to that because even working from home the last seven years like i've enjoyed it but even as a disciplined person who is conscious yeah. of life you yeah. fall into bad habits man you do absolutely and yeah, it's a, you do, such bro. a risk and i'm bridging the gap at the moment with telstra i've got a connection there where i'm going to be moving into that space but their main focus is getting people back to work and retention of staff because once covid hit everyone was working from home and they're like, Oh, this is fucking great. I work for Telstra, good income. I don't have to go yeah. anywhere. And now they're like, we want to bring people back to work. And so even yeah. the major companies are having issues with people wanting to be at work. Yeah. And you know what, like there's even um, cases now that there's guys that that'll like piggyback jobs. So like, mm. especially in the IT, it's like they had an, an IT business, like, so they're a full-time employee with group. Okay. And they go, hey, guys, COVID, everyone's going to work from home, okay? So they go and work from home. And then they see a full-time position advertised for virtual spotter. They're like, fuck it, I'll apply for that, you know? And then I was like, wow, you seem really highly qualified. When can you start? They're like, I don't know, fucking Monday. So now they're doing two jobs. They're both <laughs> yeah. getting paid 150 grand a year. And that's the thing. There's so much inefficiency in a working day that there's, a, there's capacity to be able to do this, right? And this comes back down to like that accountability thing. It's like, Hey, if, if, if we agree that, you know, you're going to give me 38 hours of work um, or 20 hours of work, whatever it is, like, that's what I kind of expect, right? Like, so, um, like, you can walk into any shop in any, any main street in any town and about four th between 4.30 and 5 o'clock, absolutely fucking nothing is happening to progress that business forward. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? They're just waiting for five so they can shut. Um, yeah. And, um and a little bit like what you're talking about before for you, for yourself, it's like when there's a lot of distractions at home for you, young kids, your partner's there, um, you know, you're like, oh, I might, even for me, like with food, like, so like, I, I don't eat, well, I'm playing around with my diet a little bit at the moment, but I've been intermittent fasting through breakfast and I'll just have my first meal is lunchtime, right? If I'm at home and I make a cup of coffee, I f like I'm thinking of like, fuck, there's biscuits right there. I fucking have biscuits. <laughs> you know? So you've got all these other distractions and temptations right yeah. there. Like, it, but that takes, for me, to, it seems silly, but for me, to, for me to think that I might have a biscuit. No, don't have a biscuit. You know you shouldn't have a biscuit. Like that takes energy. It's only a really yeah. small amount of energy, but I don't even want the fucking temptation. So here yeah. I'll bring I'll, all I've got. I've just got meat for lunch. It's the most fucking boring plain meal you can get, but I'm a boring plain guy. And I, I know that by the time I eat that meal, I hadn't eaten for, I wouldn't have eaten for 16 hours or 17 hours. So I'm like, I'm hungry and I'll sit in the sun and I'll just fucking, you know, chew and have like a ceremony over that food. Right. And, um, yeah. and I'll enjoy that way more than if I had fucking, you know, a handful of Kingston creams, that meal's fucked. You know, like I'm not, it changes, it changes my palate. It changes the way that um, I will digest that really nutritious food. And I just won't enjoy it. Um, yeah. So take thinking out of it, eh? it's like that Zuckerberg effect where he just wears the same shirt and jeans every single day. You just yeah. got to take the thinking Do you see out these? I, I, I have these short, I wear these. I have a pair of black shorts. I actually, these black shorts, I have eight pairs of the same black shorts. Like I'm like a fucking short nerd. Like if I find, or even clothes, if I find something that I love the feel of, I'll buy fucking 15 of them. So it's like, I have the same, I wear the same black shorts mm -hmm. every single day. Um, mm. Sometimes I'll wear, I have a different pair of board shorts and it, it kind of makes me a little bit more relaxed. You know, like I'll put a pair <laughs> on the weekend. Holiday time. Yeah, yeah. It's like this fucking party. But again, I just wear the same black shorts every fucking day. It takes... And I'm not trying to be like super fucking hip and like Zuckerberg and like that, but it is, it takes away, like if I put a pair of um, khaki pants on, now I can't wear a brown shirt or I can't wear a fucking what, plum, like, because it clashes. And then it's like, fuck, what are we doing? Like now, I'm, 
yeah, it's black's easy. I just wear the same fucking, basically the same t-shirts. I've got virtual spotter AS color t-shirts. They fit amazing. I fucking whack them on. I might have like a hoodie or I might dress up with a jacket, but I, I, I keep, um, my uniform of life is like pretty simple. And you know what as well? Uh, another really unique thing that happened from working from home, I actually identified this when the kids were doing school from home, right? Um, is there was a, it was actually my wife's idea. It was a fucking fantastic idea, but we were having trouble trying to get the kids to focus on their tasks, right? They had all this schoolwork, put a lot of pressure on mums and dads, um, you know, now they have to teach their kids. And what we did was um, we started dressing our kids in school uniform. So like mm-hmm. we'd get up, have breakfast, and then they'd go get their school uniforms on. It's like, right, let's do our schoolwork. And like something as simple as that changed the whole fucking direction of their day. Because now that they know, it's like, righto, schoolwork time. We're yeah. here, we're logged in. And then you go have your lunch at lunchtime, come back, finish the afternoon of schoolwork, go get undressed and then put your play clothes on and go play. Yeah. And like, as humans, I think we need <clears throat> that distinction of like, that's the office distinction for me or working from home. I need to leave this place of love and warmth and go to this place because sometimes which this other place is my office. Sometimes in this office, I need to make really hard decisions and I have to you know, have challenging conversations and I can't do that in this environment um, mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. So I, I think it's, you need to be able to create something that you can be distinctual. I do that every day. I dress up like no matter what yeah. I, I put on. You look sharp. You every look day. sharp. Dude, I, watch, I watch it like and um again like i'm conscious of clothes like i like buying clothes and you look Damn. fucking amazing every day when you dress. like i can i can appreciate the effort that you put into because you look fucking fantastic thank you i received yeah. that yeah i um yeah man i get up i i comb my beard i put oil in my beard i, I dress yeah. up i do my hair sometimes if not i'll wear a hat yeah and it's important to me because if i just get on and for me, psychologically, psychologically, it's not for everybody, but for me, if I'm in my, my trackies or whatever, to me, I'm like, it's lazy, you know? Yeah. And that's that's where I go. Not everybody, yeah. but that's where I go. So if I get up, get dressed, even when my kids were here for, for school holidays, my two daughters, they're like, I get up and they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, work, I'm already here. And they're like, why are you dressed like that? I'm like, because it's a day to be productive. <laughs> and they're like, I'm like, don't you wear a school uniform to school? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, it's the same thing for dad. And they're like, yeah. Oh, and I do notice like my level of productivity, if I don't, is like so yeah. low. So yeah. if I can at least put on, and if I'm not even like dressing full up, I'll wear something that my sponsors have given me. And that yeah. automatically psychologically puts me in that moment of, hey, I've got I to gotta get a shit done today. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's huge, dude. I think um, there's another unique thing as well. And I remember we were talking about it when I had, when we were talking about hair, like I mm. the thing that I miss about not, i I miss about hair is um, being able to have a style and that sort of project who I am as a person. You kind of get an idea of who they are or how, even just how well they're groomed. Yeah. Um, and I think you like the way that you dress as well, it's a projection of who you are as a person. Yeah. It's a representation. Okay. Cause it's like, Oh wow. Like that guy's uh, his shirts ironed. He looks smart. Even your, your daughter's identified it, right? There's like, where are you going, dad? Like you, you like, which is ultimately them saying you, you're dressed really nice. Like, mm-hmm. what, you know, what's happening. And um, I'm a part of a, a business group in Sydney. That's full of, um, it's called cub. It's full. There's one in Brisbane as well. Now I think it's like, there's full of entrepreneurs and business owners that are like, a lot further down the path than I, that's why I want to be there, right? Um, And a lot of them, the Sydney CBD one, like they all wear suits and stuff like that. And I found myself sort of trying to dress how they would want me to dress. And like, Mm -hmm. I would, I basically wear shorts all around the clock, right? Um, And I started to like wearing dress shoes and pants and I, I didn't feel like it was me. I felt off and it's really hard to be yourself when you feel like you're a fake. And yeah. because I was dressing how I thought they wanted me to dress in there. And when I was, when I detached myself from that, and I was like, Hey, this is who I am as a person right now. I'm going to go in there and I'll be that fucking, that weird guy. Cause they're like, who the fuck's this guy in a hoodie and a pair of shorts? Like, well, why is he in here with us? And then they get to talk to me. They're like, you know what? Like 
um, he's actually really nice or he's uh, really conscious or like he has some really good ideas or he's got an amazing business. And like, it's, it's more than just the, um, it's more than the clothes. If like, if you're being genuine um, and it fits your profile or who you are as a person, then run with that because yeah. yeah, there's nothing more uncomfortable than being dressed in something that you, that you don't feel like you are as a person. Yeah, man. I've, I've been wrestling with this the last couple of months because I'm getting some uh, mind mechanic shirts made yeah. up to, to wear. Like you have virtual spotter. And I took yeah. that from like, you look at Alex Formosi, right? He's always wearing that yeah. shitty hat yeah. and singlet, but see, it's got acquisitions on it. It's his yeah. business. It's always in front. It's, it's smart. Like it's nudging. It's smart. Yeah. But like it's a representation of what you are there to do and who you are. And then I look at people like uh, Chris Williamson, right? Chris Wilkes on, on Instagram, he's been, he's become one of the biggest podcasters in the world and he's podcasting with people like Jocko and then he's got incredible doctors and scientists, but he wears nice jeans. He's got his vans yeah. and then he's got this plain, it looks like a cuts shirt, yeah. but that's, that's him. It doesn't mean he's got any less value to offer. Yeah. And so I've been balancing that and identifying where does that fit for me? Because I'm not a suit type person, but I'm also not yeah. a, a harem pants type yeah. guy either so it's yeah. like finding the space that fits me whilst also being confident enough that i'm not devaluing myself psychologically or, or yes. that, that uh uh what is it imposter syndrome where I'm, yeah. where i'm in the presence of other people i'm there because i'm there and i learned this when um i was at check's house paul's house right paul <laughs> paul wears heron pants five fingers and a polo like that's yeah. what he wears and he always has yeah. This man's the godfather of holistic health. It does not downplay yeah. anything that he is, but yeah. that's what he wears. He goes to weddings. He's got his fancy five fingers on. He's got a nice yeah. pair of harems and he's yeah. there. But there's like this, <laughs> it's like what works for you? And I've been, I've been to BNI's before, like yeah. in Sydney at McGrath's Hill actually, where everyone in there was jeans, polo. And I remember the guy that took me, I was his, I was his guest. And I was wearing some khakis, some uh, some earth runners and like this nice cut shirt. And I stood out like a sore thumb. But at the end, yeah. when we we're all having coffee and talking, everybody like everybody's still engaged with me the same way. I just yeah. didn't, didn't dress the same, but I am that weird hippie dude that yeah. dresses a little strange, you know? So yeah, just finding that flow of what works for you. And, and I think as well, it kind of goes back to um, what we've been talking about all morning is it's like, if you, you dress how you feel right now, but don't get caught up. If you grow or change, don't think that that is who you are. You know, like mm. if you're, if, cause, cause that's the thing. You might transition to the guy that wears business pants and brown leather shoes and a, and a button up shirt. Like you might, you might not as well. But if you do, if you find yourself in circles that that's where you want to go, then you shouldn't be, you know, stuck in the identity of like, hey, I, I, I wear this, what I used to always wear. Cause mm -hmm. it, you know, you're just going to fuck yourself. And then you go against who you are authentically as a person. Um, but it's so interesting because it, it is a, it's a balancing act, eh? Because you don't want to, you, the perception, you don't want to perceive yourself as like a, not a serious person or someone that, you know, that isn't making big moves. Um, and sometimes if you wear a pair of jeans and a, you know, a pair of vans, you know, instantly, you're looked at as like not the guy that runs a you know $500 million company or, or whatever that might be. Um, yeah. And I think Alex, Alex talks about that openly because he started doing talks in dress shirts and button ups. And he's like, that wasn't who I was. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his, a lot of his growth was like when he started to pop was when he started to have, throw the flannel on and the wife beater and yeah. fucking running the Crocs like that, because it, there was so much <laughs> we've seen, we've seen a fucking hundred, people you know um communicate to us in a button-up shirt but it's like there's not many people even with the nose straps and things like that there's so much there's so much like intrigue you, you sort of get to get caught in um but that's who he is as a person and it's yeah it's again it's that vulnerability it's pretty gangster when you can you care because that's the other thing is right people say that oh i don't care what people think about me or how i dress i don't care I, I don't think that that's the right way to sort of display it or even to take ownership because i think i think you do care and i think it's important to care um absolutely like i care how i'm perceived um but that doesn't mean that uh that's gonna influence or stop me being myself um right. yeah
I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Interesting. Legend. Uh, Another pleasure. Um, I appreciate you very much. Uh, Same, we've got a few episodes banked up now, dude, which is pretty mad. Um, and um, yeah, we've got, so we'll run these on YouTube, run these Spotify, run these Apple podcasts. Um, the, yeah, it's going to be pretty mad. The Mind Factory. Um, you can get on to, where, where do we find you on IG, bro? At themind.mechanic. And then on the website as well, themindmechanic.org. Awesome. And uh, you grab me at underscore Courtney underscore Joyce. Uh, Get dog daddy. Have a wonderful day. Peace, brother. Bye. Later.